0: Okay, so this is something a little bit different really to what we normally do in terms of our sermons and our recordings. Normally they will take place on a Sunday morning, but yesterday when I was speaking, I got to a point uh, through what I was saying where I felt due to uh, where we were in terms of timing, but also just uh, how, how I felt the, the meeting was going. Uh, I stopped Partway through what what I'd had prepared to share, I had a bit more that I wanted to get to to continue on to, but I felt at the time it was right uh, to stop there and for us to move back into worship. So what I'm doing today is just kind of going back uh, and just sharing really what the rest of what I wanted to share. Uh, I think yesterday I said I'd had about 20 minutes more worth of sermon to go. I think that was a, a, a bit of an exaggeration, uh, but there was a bit more that I wanted to share at the outset of this series and. Uh, this series we've called "Every Day Building a Community of the Spirit," uh, focusing really our attention on on the flow of the Spirit, not just in terms of our our meetings, but in every aspect and every area of our lives. And so we yesterday we kind of did the, the introduction to it, breaking it down where where the series has come out of, what our hopes are for in the weeks in the weeks to come, as we're looking to to build a community of the Spirit. But what I wanted to share yesterday and I didn't get round to and what I'm going to spend a bit of time on today is looking at the example of Jesus, looking at Jesus' life and the role of the spirit there and the relationship there. I thought it was really the best place for us to start. There there is a guy named Donnie Griggs and he leads a church called One Harbour Church, which is in North Carolina, a town called Moorhead City. Now this here's a little bit of an aside, um, but this is a town of nine thousand people, and in that town of nine thousand, they have a church of nine hundred. I just wanted to share that, particularly you know, in Faversham, we'd be considered a fairly small town. I hope that is something that would would encourage you and inspire you. I know it does for me, but. What Donnie Griggs had written on Twitter, he said that we must not divorce a love of the proclamation of the gospel from a love of the work of the spirit. The two go together. You see, this is not a question of either or, but a resounding both and. It's not about either we proclaim the gospel, have a love for the proclamation of the gospel or a love of the work of the spirit. But it's we need both and we're to have a love for the gospel, the birth, life, work, teaching, death and resurrection of Jesus being made known. Absolutely. But also that together with a love for the work of the spirit. And the reason why we, we want to spend a bit of time just thinking about the life and the ministry of Jesus is because we can see this clearly in the life of Jesus. As his major focus was in proclaiming and declaring the kingdom the rule and reign of God, so he's proclaiming and declaring it, but while also demonstrating the kingdom. Again, it's not this either or, but a both and. Proclamation of the gospel going hand in hand with the work of the Spirit. And folk of really starting with looking at uh, Jesus, the life of Jesus and the example of Jesus. This is where Wendy Mann starts in her book, naturally supernatural. I mentioned that in my sermon yesterday. You know, that's really one of the inspirations behind this series and has helped to shape a lot of it. And that's the place where she starts, looking at Jesus, looking at his example, looking at his life. In Acts 10 verse 38, Peter, he's uh, with the group and he's asked to tell the group of all that he has been commanded by the Lord. And then he goes on to summarise Jesus' life and he summarises it like this. He says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were being oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. You see, before Jesus went proclaiming, before Jesus went demonstrating the kingdom, he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power and I think we need to recognize the order there or at least you take some time to, ju- to just focus on that really. Jesus of Nazareth filled and anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power and then he went about doing good and healing healing all who were being oppressed for God was with him and it's that starting point. This anointing of the Spirit, this filling of the Spirit and power. Matthew 4 verse 16, before Jesus' ministry begins, before his teaching, before his proclaiming, before he's demonstrating the kingdom, Jesus comes to be baptised in the Jordan by John the Baptist. And Matthew 4 16 says this, it says that when Jesus was baptised, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And then we move on to Matthew 5. It says, then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. This is the starting point of Jesus' ministry. Having been baptized after the Holy Spirit descended on him, that is the starting point of Jesus' ministry. Anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, led by the Spirit, he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. I think there's also a question here uh, about identity. You know, there's this affirmation from God. This is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. There's a question here of identity. We're going to address that in a couple of weeks um, when I'm going to be speaking on everyday uh, speaking on everyday dependence, but I want to give that some the proper time and attention, and rather than just a passing comment, I think we, we need to come back to that. So, uh, we, we will be looking at that. But you see, this is, this is the starting point of Jesus' ministry the flow of the Spirit, the relationship with the Spirit. Wendy Mann, who I mentioned just a moment ago. In her book, Naturally Supernatural, she says that everywhere that Jesus went, the kingdom broke in. People were healed. Some even got raised from the dead. People got set free from spiritual oppression and brought back into the community. Words of knowledge opened people's hearts. Food was multiplied and a storm was calmed. Many people's lives were redi- were radically transformed as Jesus went about his everyday life, proclaiming and demonstrating the kingdom of God. We can look, I think if, if you're anything like me, I can look at Jesus' life and just, you know, we look at it and with, with awe and wonder. And But maybe we can think, well, that's not all for me. Maybe bits and pieces might be. But, you know, maybe, maybe not all of it. This is Jesus. Jesus after all. and But the life that Jesus lived, this is the life that we are also called to. The life that Jesus lived should surely be our expectation of of the normal life for every Christian. In Matthew chapter 9 verse 35 Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Well Jesus is with his disciples and it says that Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. So we've got the proclamation and demonstration of the kingdom. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And then it goes on. It says that he called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and affliction. And if we jump to chapter 10, verse 5, it says that these 12 Jesus sent out, instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons you receive without paying, give... Without pay, so as Jesus is, is saying to his disciples there's this harvest here, this harvest of people to receive the gospel to be brought into into God's family, but there's there's not enough workers at this point there's got to be more workers to bring this harvest in and Jesus he drafts his disciples in the disciples they're drafted into Jesus' mission as co-laborers. As co-workers with him, and then when we we hear about what they were, what Jesus, what Jesus commanded them to do when they went, again we see this proclamation of the gospel, and this demonstration of the gospel. This proclamation of the gospel and and the work of the Spirit, just as he did. The life that Jesus lived, is the life that we're all called to. We looked. Fairly briefly, really, yesterday at Acts 1, when Jesus is promising the Holy Spirit, when he's saying as he's returning to the Father, he's going to send the Holy Spirit. And he promises the Spirit to empower his followers to be his witnesses, to be anointed by the Holy Spirit, to live this life that Jesus models. So this whole question of uh, the flow of the Spirit, the work of the Spirit to encounter and experience him is, is hugely fundamental to what it means to be a Christian and to be, to be a follower of Jesus. So again, that's what we're going to be focusing on over these next few weeks. But I just wanted to start just by looking at the life of Jesus, looking at the example of Jesus, not as something that's so far out there that we would never be able to, to achieve what he did or attain to what he did, but actually to look at it as the life that he lived In that sense, it's the same that we're we're all called to. A love for the proclamation of the gospel, but also a love for the work of the Spirit.